Hey friends, Brad and I started Batship because we needed someone to talk to about our bipolar. So when looking for a sponsor, BetterHelp was the obvious choice. BetterHelp provides access to therapists via text, via Zoom, via email, via phone call, 24 hours, seven days a week. I don't need to tell anyone how broken the American healthcare system is, especially when it comes to mental illness. But the beautiful thing about BetterHelp is that they'll work with you. Go to www.betterhelp.com backslash batshit. You'll get 10% off for the first month and you'll get someone to talk to right now. If you need to talk to someone, do it. Please. We love you. Welcome to Batshit, a frank and funny look at living with mental illness. While we'll touch on several illnesses, Batshit is focused on those along the spectrum of bipolar disorders. I'm your host, Adam. And I'm your other host, Brad. And we're both bipolar. So strap in and let's see how batshit we really are. Spoiler alert, pretty damn batshit. This episode's topic, manic creativity. Oh my god. I ah. You know what the hardest part about this topic is? I feel like if I start talking about my creativity and I assign it to mania, I feel like I'm discrediting it. And also kind of perpetuating like the stereotype of the tortured artist. Oh my God, tortured artist. Yeah. Like I will say this, the greatest artists of our time or times before our time, yes, something was messed up in their head. Something was wrong. Like there's a reason Van Gogh cut off his own ear. Right. You know what I mean? There is a reason for that. That does not mean if you are creative and you are bipolar, there's something wrong with you. Right. There is nothing wrong with you. Or that creativity and mental illness have to go together. Exactly. Yeah. I think they often do. Sure. Or not – let me rephrase that. I don't think they often do. I think there's a lot of creative people who don't struggle with mental illness. Well, I think – But I think a lot of people who are mentally ill are creative. Sure, because I honestly think creativity is a form of coping. I yeah. think taking this energy and you don't know what to do with it and you put it into song, you put it into dance, you put it into written word in, in whatever form you need to put it into because what it is, it becomes a conduit for this manic energy. Yeah. Right? And there's that's its own form of treatment. Well, in, in, the, in a bipolar manic episode, the creative portions of the brain fire like crazy mm-hmm. too, you know, which is one of the reasons, you know, we've touched on in previous episode um, – Lying when you're bipolar. Oh, yeah. You know, that's one of the reasons that comes about is because your brain is just like making up these conversations. <laughs> I have these right. stories I can start telling you. Right, mm-hmm. right. You know, and um, so I think I think you channel that, you channel that energy, you channel that creativity. You also have the grandiosity oh, yeah. that comes with mania. So it's, you know, I'm a writer. I'm a screenwriter and a novelist. I've written for other mediums as well. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I've always found an inherent vanity in writing. Okay. There's the idea that any that whatever I have to say is important enough for other people to hear. Sure, exactly. You know? Same with acting. Like I, mm-hmm. I like this interpretation or this performance because I've been an actor here in Los Angeles for 15 years and I've done a lot of like for instance improv comedy. And I know you've done improv and sketch comedy as well. Yeah. But it's that idea of like you are manic on stage there and you're about to create something instantaneously and you're doing it for these very lucky people in the audience and you're at a 12 yeah right you're always at a 12 because what you're looking to do is you're looking to take that manic energy and focus it into a a creative a, a creation i think creation is a good way to put it right yeah. because yeah. If, if, even writing acting any of those things 
you're creating in mm-hmm. the moment. And, and that just keeps you on that high. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you're on the stage. Oh, and yeah. And you can feed off the audience's oh, yeah. energy. Yeah. And it becomes this kind of symbiosis. Yeah. Um, so last year I did a uh, sketch comedy show. Mm-hmm. It's the first time I'd done sketch in, in forever. Uh, and uh, didn't know yet I was bipolar. And so my other friend, Adam, who was part of that. Lesser Adam. Yeah, lesser Adam. <laughs> Sorry, Mr. Fox. Um, but uh, he, he was a, a great guy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> he truly is. Um, so he was, uh, he was a part of that show. And one of the things he was saying is like a good thing. He was like, like this just like inspired him and inspired everybody backstage is when we were doing the show, like I would sprint out onto stage do my thing. And I was just like big and boisterous and like, you know, I was commanding the crowd. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, when this, when that sketch was over, I'd sprint backstage, do my costume change and then do push-ups while I was waiting to go back out right, on stage. You're physically engaged. Yeah. And I had so engaged. much energy. Every- and he was talking about that as, as, as a good thing. He's like, man, your energy and it inspired us and blah, blah, blah. And then I got diagnosed and I was like, man, I was manic I mean, as shit. Yep. <laughs> like, <laughs> Nine times out of ten, when I would do improv, I would always play non-speaking physical characters because I really reveled in the idea of expressing myself physically, which there's nothing wrong with that. But the need to do that, the desperate need to take whatever energy and put it out there mm-hmm. into the world is – is it, it, I don't even know how to describe that. I, I feel like it's it, – it, it feels like you're going to explode. Yeah, it, it honestly yeah. feels like you're going to explode if you don't take this energy and redirect it in some way, and then you give it to the audience, and you get a reaction from the audience, which just feeds into that energy, which means you go harder, which means they go harder, which means, like yeah. I would almost prefer to do an improv show and not get a response, just so I can. Yeah. Be, and that doesn't mean I'm the funniest motherfucker in the world. I'm not. I'm just saying if, if you do something unexpected physically, you're going to get a response, be it. Uh, pro or con, right? Right. And you take that energy, and that just feeds that uh, that monster inside yeah. of you, that manic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you. I think you summed it up with the phrase "desperate need." Desperate need. You know, it's not just a need. Like like you you're in desperation yeah. to get that out there. Which is funny because that is so often tied to creative types, right? Like mm-hmm. Brad's writing; he has a desperate need to be read. Or Adam's acting. He has a desperate need to be seen. I'm like, that, that's not what it is. Yeah. That's really not what it is. It's it, it's more a desperate need to share this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And, and, and you just want people to listen. You, you don't necessarily need someone to see what you write or see what you perform and be like, yeah, that. And it's like, no, 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 no. I need to get this out. Yeah. Because if I don't get this out, it stays within. Yeah. And that just breeds problems upon problems. Yeah. Yeah. Writing becomes, um, for me, you know, it's therapeutic. Right. A lot. Um, There's, uh, without going into my whole tragic life story here, because who wants to hear that? Uh, My mother died when I was like a month old. and My dad went to prison. And um, I was raised kind of feeling like I killed her. Mm. You know, and so that was the thing. Well, intellectually, I know that's not the case. Like that was just—I've always felt like that. Sure, you know, and um, uh, so the trauma of loss is something that comes up in my work a lot. Um, that's a theme I keep going back to and dealing with. And unfortunately, I've experienced other losses since then. Um, you know, and and so I deal with that in my work a lot. Um, one thing I find really interesting. That my wife pointed out to me, hmm. which I did not realize at all, is um, 
I had written a book. I wrote the first draft probably in 2009, in three months, which means I can look back and <laughs> be like, that was a manic book. Yikes! Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I kind of sat on my computer for years, and I was doing rewrites and rewrites on it occasionally. Like, I wouldn't constantly come back to it. But, you know, every couple of years, I'd go back to it and mm-hmm. polish it up, et cetera. So uh, it was published in two, 2021. Uh, it's called Life on the 64 Bus. It's, uh, it's comedic. It's adventurous. But the main character has borderline personality disorder. Okay. And what didn't occur to me, Shannon had to point this out, uh, my lovely wife, don't stalk her. Um, <laughs> I don't know if they can with just her first name, but yeah. fair enough. <laughs> it's the internet, man. It's all the Shannons. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh, all the things that I kind of put that character through was stuff that I've dealt with being bipolar. Yep. Now, borderline personality disorder is a, a much different um, illness. Bipolar is a mood disorder. Borderline personality disorder, as the name says, is a personality disorder. Yep. It's on the schizoaffective spectrum. Right. Different things. Yeah. But there are a lot of similarities between the symptoms. And the similarities are the things I focused on mm-hmm. in the book. And I had no idea I was doing this. It was like a part of me knew that I had this and knew that I was struggling with it and put it out on the page, mm-hmm. even though consciously – I wasn't yet aware. I wouldn't be diagnosed for another 18 months from uh, when I did the last polish on that book. Right. Well, yeah. That's what I'll say about any of our creative endeavors. I feel like it is an outlet. You don't know where this energy comes from until you're diagnosed. You don't know where this energy comes from. You just need to get it out of you. And yeah. this is the way you found to get it out of you. You know, I've, I'm a musical theater performer. I've traveled all over the country and internationally performing musical theater. And... When I would perform, it was game show Adam. I've talked about in the past. It's like it's a different form of myself. It's a part of myself, but it's a different form of myself. And it is a form of myself that is at a 11. Yeah. And I need to be at an 11 to perform this stuff, which is funny because acting, if you go back to the basics, it's about sharing who you are. It's about, especially in film, the camera's right up in your grill. And there's no hiding that. There's no hiding how you feel or who you are you like it will capture everything yeah right and yet as a person who has built his coping mechanism around not being who he is about being a hyper active version of who he is that's really hard for me it's really hard for me to sit there and go okay let's sit in this character and really you know understand it and be present again going back to what we talked about in previous episodes being present right like being present in the moment like that's extremely hard for me and that's not because i'm a bad actor it's because taking that energy and taking that that need to to channel it it always goes outward I've, i've spent my entire life turning it into an outward expression of that energy, be it physical fitness, be it cleaning my house manically, be it working like a dog, being it taking care of other people. It's never been a inward journey. And I feel like good creativity, like truly great creativity, really great writing, really great acting is analyzing inward. And we have developed coping mechanisms that are not inward, they're outward. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's like 
really trying to understand the creative process is hard when you're going through manic episodes, which instead of going inward, you go outward. And I, I think that like stumbling upon that in the last year or two, like since I've been diagnosed, like really understanding the fact that you're not acting. If you are truly acting, then you're not experiencing the moment. Right. If you're truly writing these experiences, right, you're not imagining what someone feels. You have to take a part of you and put it onto the page. Yeah. It may not be exactly what they feel, but it's a part of you. And as an actor, you have to sit there and go like, look, if you put on a facade, they're going to see it. Yeah. Like, if you can sit there and be like, I'm sad. This is what sad people do. <laughs> like, look, if that's not how you're sad, that's not how you're sad. Yeah. And they're going to see it. Yeah. And I feel like that's one of the problems with the coping mechanism, coping mechanisms we develop as bipolar people is that we have taken all of this creativity and used it to express ourselves, but it's a false sense of self. It's not who you truly are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's sometimes the manic self. Yeah. It's sometimes the, the, the depressed yeah, self. Exactly. Um, it's, or it's sometimes trying to convey a specific idea to someone. One thing I find interesting about uh, when I write Manic mm -hmm. is I tend to have a specific audience in my head. And by specific audience, mm -hmm. I don't mean a demographic. I sometimes mean one person. Oh, okay. I will sometimes set and be writing something. I'll write, say, a short story. And I have one specific reader that I'm writing that story for. And that's who I'm thinking about. Interesting. And I'm like, I want them to know this. I want them to feel this. Sure. And, um, and I only do that when I'm manic. When, it, when I'm writing otherwise, my audience is always broader. Mm. You know, my, my ideal audience that right. I'm writing for um, is always broader. But it's still an expression outward. Sure. You know, um, the, uh, the, the act of writing to me is never complete until it's read. Yep. You know, I, I never feel like something is done until someone has read it. Um, and even then, you're going to rewrite it. Of yeah, course, yeah, a yeah. thousand but, times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's where the analytical brain takes over. Yeah. But especially when I'm manic, the the times I find my best writing is where I kind of get in a flow state. Okay. I always equate it to like surfing, even though I've never surfed. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but the idea that like you're catching a wave and you just write. You're writing the And I yep. lose myself in the work and I lose myself in the language and I'm not there anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not at my desk. I tune out the world. Nice. And which sounds, you know, on the surface, great. You know, like yeah, you yeah. immerse yourself in this work. But when that immersion becomes days and days and days, I'm tuning out my kids. Mm -hmm. I'm tuning out my wife. I'm not paying bills. Right. I'm not going to the grocery store. Well, I have sat and written for 12 hours straight before when I'm manic. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not, that's not healthy. Nope. You know, like I'm riding that wave. I have that energy and it feels great while I'm doing it. And maybe what I produce is great or maybe it's shit. Like you, you never know. Right. Um, but it's not healthy for me or for anyone around me well, when I'm doing that. And, and the worst part is, is people have – They've they've justified it. They've been like, this is Brad's creative process. This is just how Brad. I would say that forever is oh, is yeah. that I'm a I'm a sprinter, not a marathon yeah, runner. It's like no, yeah. that's not how it works, man. Yeah. It's like you should not have to operate like this. If you are creative, you should have the ability to be like, I'm working an eight hour day. These this is my lunch break. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. still creating 
the same amount in the same time, it shouldn't be like, oh, look, I can only sprint for 12 hours and then I'm in a fucking coma for two weeks. Yeah. Like that's- Which is how I always write. Right. Like, or did before the medication. Right. And that's how you tend yeah. to, like, you justify it. Like, this is just how I work. I mean, it's interesting that you say that, you know, when you write in a manic state, you're writing for, like, a particular person. Right. Yeah. Because I, I too write. I'm, I'm not a writer like Brad. I don't claim to be. But when I write, like, I will oftentimes cut out massive swaths of information that are pertinent to the person reading because I'm just like, yeah, I know this. And I mean that, like, to the point of words. Yeah. Like, I'd be like, I don't need to say the word the here because I know <laughs> the. And I'm like, no, yeah. no, wait a minute. And you go back and you read it in a non-manic state and you're like, what the fuck is yeah. any of this? Like, yeah. none of this makes sense. I'll read a scenic description and it's in no way clear. It's like, the bus travel west. I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? It's like, yeah. it's not, yeah, you just, you skip. You skip these really important, um, uh, crucially, like, connect the connective tissue. Yeah. I'm going to call it the connective tissue, right? Because because that's not what's important to your manic brain. Right. It's you know? just like this point, that point, yeah. this point, I gotta, that I got to get to these ideas as exactly. fast as just, I can. Just put this down on paper. It'll all make sense yeah. later. I'm like, no, it's only going to make sense later when my yeah. non-manic self goes back and is like, okay, how did we get here? Let's take yeah. the roadmap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Yeah, it's, it's kind of bonkers to think yeah. about. Well, and it's funny, too, because I will sit there and I'll – we all have friends who can't tell stories. Yeah. Right? Like, forget writing. Just telling stories. It's like, <laughs> you know, I, I've got a buddy. I love him to death. But when he's like, there was this time, like, everybody in the room goes, ah, oh, Christ. <laughs> oh, Christ. This is going to take three hours. And he can't tell a story. He focuses on the wrong details. You know, he hits the wrong points. Yeah. And I feel like as as frustrating as that is, what I give that person credit for is they are sitting in the moment with themselves and they think these are the important moments and nuggets of information that need to be expressed, right? Meanwhile, in our manic states, you're sitting there being like, hey, this time there was these cheeseburgers, right? And we were driving down Route 66 and then, you know, these guys in a Camaro and then fire and then – but it's like – Oh, and by the way, did I ever tell you about my uncle's Camaro? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh, my God. In 1982, it's like <laughs> – it just it gets so backwards and get convoluted. Enjoying Batshit? Please like, subscribe, and share it on social media. If you have someone you think may need to hear it, we encourage you to share it with them and to start your own conversation about mental health. As much as I hate hearing some of my friends tell stories, right, I, I admire them because what they're able to do is sit there in the moment and be like, this happened? Then this happened. Right. Then this happened. Then this happened. They don't cut any of that out. Do you find yourself, when you've been in a manic state, having memory gaps? Oh, yeah. Okay. I do, too. Oh, no, I do no, too. no, yeah. I, I, I don't remember. I mean, it, it kind of functions that exact same way. Exactly. I remember, I remember these moments. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I may misremember the moment. Oh, sure. Like, whatever I felt, like if I'm having a fight with somebody, right? What I remember isn't what they told me. But I remember them telling me something that made me feel the way I felt. Right. Like it was about the feeling that I had. And so I may even misremember what they said, you know. Um, and but, but then you don't necessarily remember how you got there. Yeah. You don't remember how yeah. you got to that feeling or that moment, right? You just remember having that moment. It's like a, a spark in the dark. Yeah. There's darkness and then there's like, I'm being angry at this person for this, you know, for some reason. Right. And then like darkness and there's like and then she never talked to me again i'm like yeah. what, there was all these things in between yeah right and and 
The same goes for whenever we're creating something. Like you will sit there as a writer or as an actor and be like, I start here, I'm going to hit this point, and then I'm going to be at the end of the journey. Right. And a, a true actor or a true writer is looking inwardly and going on that journey step by step by step. But when you're manic, you're just like, yeah, and then they're angry, and then they're done, and you're moving on to the next scene. And I'm like, yeah. no, all the interesting shit is what you just passed over. <laughs> all the stuff that everybody wants to hear about and witness and like experience is stuff you just bypassed. Yeah. Which is not is not how you make good creative content, everyone, <laughs> just at home, if you're unaware of that. Like the human experience is what everyone wants to experience, not the human moments. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we've talked before about how mania controls you. You don't yes. control mania. That that you kind of become a different person mm-hmm. when you're manic. Um, and I feel that sometimes when I'm writing. Sure. Uh, when, when the mania takes over and I'm in this moment, I'm not making the decisions I would make. Now, those will come later when I rewrite and I'm being analytical and I'm usually rewriting when I'm myself. Sure. Um, and and just just to clarify, I talk about my bipolar this way a lot. I don't want anybody who doesn't have bipolar to get the misunderstanding that it's actual multiple personalities. No, 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 because no, 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 it's no, not no, multiple no, personality no, disorder. Not at all. No, it's not on the schizoaffective. No. It's, it, you just feel you feel like a different person. Yeah, you yes. feel like a different person. You act like a different person. Yes. You're still there. You're still you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, even though we talk about having these memory gaps right. and everything, it, it, you're you're a part of you. Yeah. You are a, portion of you right sometimes what you feel to be the best part of you and sometimes the worst right exactly but it's still you you're not a different person we're not talking about schizophrenia sorry continue yeah it's just like parts of parts of you get put to sleep Mm -hmm. and other parts are able to like run rampant exactly you know i've talked before about the uh the idea that you lose you lose any concept of having repercussions for instance and your morality kind of goes away like these things and so you you think about those i think about those anyway as like governors Oh, yeah, like okay. a governor on a car. You I know? like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And those things are there to like keep us who we are and yeah. to keep us from making big mistakes. And then when you go manic, those get turned off. Right. And so the limiters are gone. Yeah. And so everything in your brain's like, well, I can go to 11, <laughs> you know, um, including the bad stuff. That's a spinal so, tap reference if uh, yeah. you For, young for you, Gen Z yeah. out there, <laughs> it was a uh, movie from 19. Okay, don't do that. Don't, don't do that. No, don't let's not, let's yeah. not talk about it. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Um, (laughs) but, uh, but yeah, I kind of feel like that with, uh, with writing is, uh, like the governors get pulled off, Mm -hmm. which sometimes allow you, allows me anyway to create something brilliant. Yeah. I'll come back and look at it later and I'll be like, oh my God, this is amazing. How did I do that? Yeah. And other times it's just shit, you know, because again, those governors are gone, but not, not second guessing myself, having these massive outputs of creativity. There's a lot that's appealing about mania. And I think that's one of the dangers of it. Yes. I think that's why a lot of people don't want to go on medication. I think they like their mania. Oh, yeah. And I get it. The euphoria, the the productivity, the creativity. Sure. You know? um, and, and we work in an industry which is all about either not receiving feedback or receiving negative feedback. Yeah. So to be in a manic state where you are on top of the world and nothing can touch you, why wouldn't you want to stay in that all the time? Right. Because if you're not in that manic state, you're dealing with people saying no to you. Yeah. Or people ignoring you, which in my opinion is far worse than people saying no to you. Yeah. Right? Like I would much rather be like, I'm on top of the world than dealing with the reality of like, well, look, man, if if 
you don't know the casting director, they're not going to watch your tape. And if they're not going to watch your tape, how the hell are you going to get on this show? So, I mean, you can audition all you want. You can go to a million classes and study your ass off and do a bunch of scene work. But at the end of the day, if you don't know the right people, your tape's not going to get seen. You can be the greatest actor in the world. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. So you know what I would rather do? I'd rather be on top of the fucking world and just being like, you know, I'm untouchable. Anything yeah. I do, anything I create yeah. is going to be brilliant. I am walking around full of myself mm-hmm. 24-7 while I'm in this manic state. Yep. I can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. As far as I'm concerned, everyone loves me. Mm-hmm. And Oh, my God. All of this is brilliant. Every word. Yeah. You know, every, yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm going to be a bestseller. Yep. You know, this is going to be a major studio picture. Right. You know, and you know whatever. what? There's, there's something to be said about that confidence, right? Yeah. Because if you don't have that confidence, and I'm not even talking about the it being in a manic state. If you don't have the confidence that Brad was just referring to, that like, I'm going to be a bestseller, you'll never be a bestseller. Yeah. Like, if you aren't confident in what you're writing, what you're putting down on the page, it's not like someone's going to come along and find your diary and be like, yeah. oh my God, Brad is brilliant. It's, <laughs> the only reason, you know, any of the best-selling writers of all time have had success is because Tom Clancy fucking sat there and was like, I'm fucking, this is great shit. And like, you know. Let me, let me tell you, if anybody came along and found my diary, they definitely would not think I was <laughs> <laughs> They'd be like, man, this guy's way too Something, obsessed with sex. Something's <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Something's wrong with this folk. But no, it's like you have to have a little bit of that ego, a little bit of that attitude yeah. in order to even be remotely successful. You know, that's, that's the thing I've been struggling with since mm. I got diagnosed is recognizing you know, that I was cocky and full of myself sure. and a jerk while I was manic and not wanting to be like that again. And then finding that line where it's like, right. what is confidence and what is cockiness? Well, and let me ask you this, because you've got three films in development in various stages of shooting right now. Yeah. Was that pre or post-diagnosis? They all got going pre-diagnosis. Right. So in order to make that happen, like, how much of that was your manic energy, like, willing that into existence? Like, yeah. putting forth that energy of, like, I I am smart, I am intelligent, my writing's amazing, just look at this, you need to produce it. Yeah. I mean, and that's really hard, right? That's really hard to stomach as a creative. Because that would suggest if Brad was not like that, Brad's stuff would not be being produced. Yeah. Now, does that make Brad a worse writer? Of course not. But that makes Brad less seen. Yeah. You know, it's fascinating. Um, there was a uh, survey years ago where they uh, they surveyed, I don't remember how many, but um, a lot of people who had bipolar. Okay. And they asked them several questions, but the one that stuck out to me was, um, if you could wave a magic wand and have never been bipolar, would you choose that? And 99% of them said no. No way. Yeah, no. And that, that's exactly why. Yeah. It's because of the the creativity, the confidence, oh the productivity that came with their mania. Yeah. And it's like if you could find a way to channel the good out of mania Dude. and cut off the bad, like I would be Superman. Because because here's the thing. You come up with the worst idea in the world creatively. The worst idea. Smurf six or whatever, you know, movie you want to write. But you feel so good about it. Yeah. Like, yeah, give me that. Bottle yeah. that. That that and then when you write it. 
Like, you're like, oh, every word is yeah. fucking diamonds. But like, even though it's a dumb idea, like you write the best version of Smurf 6 that could ever exist. Ever exist. <laughs> like, dude, you don't even know. And then you don't even have to give it to anyone. Like, that's the other interesting thing I've found about writing. And just as a disclaimer, we're not shitting on Smurfs here. No, we no, know no, that no. There no, are a lot we, of Smurf fans. If you, if you want to write, if, if you want someone to write Smurf 6, Brad and I are very available to write Smurf 6. We're happy to do it. But it's that whole idea of like, you don't need anyone to justify this mania, right? Yeah. Because yeah. you write Smurf 6, and you're like, oh my god, everything's amazing. If I never show this to anyone, yeah. if I never show this piece of writing to anyone, I can believe, and I never read it again because I'm sure it's garbage, if I never read it again, I've created brilliance, yeah. right? And there's something so healing about that. There's something so uplifting, because yeah. you sit there and you remember the real shit times, like the real down the dumps, super depressive times. And then you have these manic episodes where you write Smurf 6. Yeah. And you're like, dude, at the end of the day, I'm going to remember this as being a great, perfect time. So when I'm in shit city, I can be like, oh, dude, remember that? Yeah. Dude, if I could bottle that, I would never in a million years give away my bipolar. Never. Yeah. Because at the worst moments of my life, I can remember shit that may be false, but it still reminds me of that high. Right. That right. high. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of crazy to think about because I, I haven't had the trajectory of a lot of screenwriters that you see, you know, like guys who come out of Yale and blah, oh, blah, God, blah. Yeah, no. I grew up in poverty yeah. we used to count pennies to go buy ramen noodles <laughs> exactly none you know? of, we don't have any connections by the way neither yeah, one of us none of like us. we none of made us. this shit happen yeah i've been out here for years upon years mm -hmm. busting my ass yeah to finally get to this point but you were talking about the success tied to the mania how much of my not just the writing but the networking oh, right. and the busting my ass. Going into pitch meetings right. and being able to, yeah, just when, like. When, oh, when I go into a pitch when I'm manic, I own the room, Dude, man. you're fucking on fire. Oh, completely. Yeah. Completely. I mean, I got like executives like, like you know, eyeing me and like, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? It's like. You should, you should be leading this, you know. <laughs> yeah, Have you ever thought about acting? <laughs> oh, well. Here's <laughs> my headshot. No, no, stop. Actor Brad. <laughs> Fuck off. Fuck off, actor Brad. <laughs> Somebody say my name. No. <laughs> no. No. Get out of here, actor Brad. <laughs> Put him back in his cage. God damn it. Hose him down. Um. Oh, but no, but that's just it, right? It's like you're sitting there and you're you're watching how successful your manic self is. And you're like, why aren't I like this all the time? Yeah. yeah. Why can't I just be this person? That's, and maybe this is a false hope. But this is one of the things I kind of hope as, as I continue to be on medication and continue to have a to learn to deal with this mm -hmm. and to keep myself from going into the extremes of either state is finding ways to channel that, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, and I don't know. I don't know if that's possible without actually going into an episode. I don't know because it's, it's that idea of, it's like trying to channel lightning. Yeah. Like at the end of the idea, you know, at the end of the day, you're taking this idea this cr crazy this power primal thing. force exactly and yeah. you're like i'm just gonna do this with it yeah. and there's gonna be no repercussions and i'm gonna go back to play with my kids it's like well wait a minute man like there's a reason this is brilliant or there is a reason that this is so powerful yeah and it's kind of arrogant to think and i'm not talking about you i'm talking about in general that you can take this like primal force and just deal with it and then go back to your daily life yeah 
right? Like yeah. if it's truly brilliant, if it's truly powerful, if it's going to transcend generations, like yeah. who are you to say like, okay, I did that. Now I'm going to make, you know, like a, a curry, you know, it's like, that's not, <laughs> like, that's just not how it works. Yeah. And that, and that hurts my soul. And I'm sure that hurts your, your it soul does. too. It does. My, my wife's been telling me that I'm going to have to find that I, I may have to find something else that makes me right. You know, yeah. and it's like the, this idea of kind of, you know, it's taken me 15 years to get to this point in my career of just busting my ass. Yeah. And that I'm now going to have to kind of rewire myself as to how I work. Right. And, and you got to wonder, and as a creative, if you could go back 15 years and you could be diagnosed as bipolar 15 years ago. Yeah. How would your career trajectory have changed? Oh, yeah. you don't know. I don't you know. Just don't it could know. have went either way. Right, exactly. Because the 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 flip side of these, you know, being in mania and having this productivity and this creativity and owning the room when you mm-hmm. go into pitch meetings mm-hmm. and blah 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 is all the time you wasted yep. in depressed states. Oh, dude. Where you couldn't do a damn thing, where you couldn't return a phone call. I mean, I have so many job opportunities that like slip through my fingers because I go into a depressed state and I, I, the idea of even emailing like somebody responding. back. Responding. Responding yeah. is like, yeah. forget it. Nope. Oh, yeah. And that's a common thing with bipolar I've read about is just ghosting in general. Yeah, you just ghost. Yeah. yeah you ghost everybody. And it's got nothing oh. to do with the people being ghosted. Yeah. Which I think is extra hard if that person who's being ghosted doesn't realize you're bipolar because they take it personally. Yeah. Like, bro, it's not personally. You could yeah. be my mother. I'm not going to fucking respond Some, to you. Somebody somebody that I, I was ghosting uh, texted me uh, the other day, just out of the blue, and their text was just, did I do something wrong? <laughs> and I haven't responded yet because oh I'm God. like, I, I felt like, so bad. How do you respond to that? Yeah. Like, how? I felt so bad. And then I was like, how do you respond? Like you said, it's like, I have no idea how to even respond. And then... <laughs> I haven't done this, and I don't plan on doing this. But there was a sick part of me that just wanted to just respond, yeah. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. And just leave it dot, at that. Dot, dot, dot. Like, yeah. if you want to figure it out, you can figure it out. <laughs> Whatever, man. Whatever. Dude, it hurts the soul. It does. Look, 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 being creative is hard. It doesn't matter if you're bipolar, you're not bipolar. Taking what's inside of you and putting it out for the world to consume is extremely hard. I think what is great and awful about bipolar is we are provided with a mechanism to do that. Yeah. We're provided with this manic state, which gives us this narcissistic tendency to say, hey, look, what you're producing, what you're doing is perfect, and you need to share it with the world. If you are feeling like you have something to share, share it. It may not be good. It may be fucking terrible. But there's a reason you want to share it. Mm -hmm. There's a reason that it needs to be said. And it may not be for anyone else. It may just be for you. But be that the mania. Be that the, the depressive state. Be confident in the fact that you have something to share. Yeah. Yeah. And even if it's just for you, there's a part of you that is asking to be seen. Yes, exactly. And, and, and you don't know what part. Right? Yeah. You, you know, it's, I think that's what it was that novel I was talking about, Life on the 64 Bus, yeah. where I was writing about being bipolar before I was diagnosed. Exactly. Available on Amazon. Um, <laughs> is uh, I, I, I wanted that part of me to be seen, I yeah. think. And, 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 and you deserve to be seen. Yeah. You deserve to be seen. We all deserve to be seen. 
how we're seen, I mean, at the end of the day, man, like, yeah, you can't control that. No. You can't control how we're seen. And that'll be a topic for another episode is once people find out that you have mental illness. Oh, God. How they like, look at you. Yeah, they will look at you differently. Yeah. They, they will. They will. Yeah. And, and that will be the your closest loved ones to complete strangers. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if you're feeling creative in a manic state, in a depressive state, do it. Do it. Be expressive. Just have no expectations for what it's supposed to produce. Mm-hmm. But... That expression of yourself in that manic state or that depressive state is important. It's crucial. It's what's going to give you the ability to cope and deal with feeling these tremendous highs and these ridiculous lows. So I can't stress enough. While being creative isn't necessarily the solution for bipolar, it's a great coping mechanism that I think a lot of people have developed. It's another tool in your toolbox. Tool in your toolbox. Yeah. Great. And find whatever the source of that cre- creativity is or however you want to express yourself. Some, you know, we're talking about writing and acting. We're talking sure. about things that are very Hollywood related. Yep. Like maybe you like to paint. Yeah. Maybe you love music. Yeah, man. If you, you know? want to do fucking lawn architecture, yeah. like I don't care, man. Like yeah. fucking sculpt bushes. It's whatever gets you there. You know, whatever makes you feel seen. Yeah. Yeah. And no one else has to see it. It's just for you. And for the love of God, don't let the fear of losing your creativity keep you off medication. No, please. No. It, that's not what happens. That's yeah. just not what happens. Uh, fuck those crazy movies that show people who've like basically look lobotomized when they yeah. start taking medication. That's not how it works. I'll tell you what I've noticed lately. I was afraid that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. My creativity is on fire. When I set with people and we're we're breaking story, yeah. like I'm just like boom, 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 boom. Well, it's because all thing, that well, that's focused. It's yeah, focused. it's focused now. Mm-hmm. The only thing I've been struggling with is the urge to work. Sure, like I've been having a hard time making myself set my ass in the chair and put those words on the screen. Um. But I'm getting better at that. And that's just a matter of like forcing myself to do it. But the creativity itself is still there. It's just not so wild and unpredictable. Yeah. So take some pills. (laughs) 